We're gonna talk about the Kardashians. Okay, that's fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> guys. <laughs> guys. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another week of the show, of the pod. We're back at it again. Mm-hmm. Happy Saturday to everybody listening. Yeah. Hope you guys are doing wonderful and that you had a wonderful week. A wonderful week and a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good vibes for the weekend ahead. For sure. We're mm-hmm. going to turn up this weekend. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. Um. How was your week, Cece? What's going on? Tell mm-hmm. me, tell me. Yes. So I wish I could say my week was better, but my week was extremely hectic, very stressful. I'm in my last class of college and I have to be at school at like eight in the morning and it's an hour away. (laughs) And then I had some breaking news this week at my job that of course nobody else wanted to do. So they sent me and it's just a lot going on. So my quote for this week comes from Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. And Carrie says, I want to get in the bed, go to sleep, and pretend this day never happened. And that's my vibe for the weekend. I'm just going to get into bed and forget. <laughs> I kind of did that last weekend. And I have to say, I went into this week feeling, like, refreshed. Like, mm-hmm. I had no actual plans. And all we did was, like, that little family gathering. And yeah. the rest of the weekend, I was home. I watched a lot of shows. Mm. Just, like, binged. And just, like, vegged. And it was wonderful. Yeah. So, I, you need that. I'm in need of a vacay. Maybe it'll be next weekend. Because this weekend, I'm working on my class, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they making me work for this degree. I said that last week, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like... It's like a reoccurring week because I feel like for me this week, well, my quote comes from Broad City and it says, I don't really want to rise and grind anymore. I just want (laughs) to rise and then like lay back down. And I've just been like tired. Like I started the week refreshed, but I just instantly got tired. And like every morning when I have to wake up, I'm just like, I just want to lay in bed. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't want to do anything. Like I've been... I've been like, oh, let me read a book when I get into bed at night. And I'm just like, I can't. Like, I just lay there and, like, stare (laughs) off into space. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm just, like, exhausted. Working is very much ghetto. And I've been watching YouTube videos lately about people who who no longer have careers. And they just vibe. And I'm just like, hmm, something about that. It's just, love that. It's nice. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, they're like videos titled, I no longer aspire to have a career. You know what's so funny? I've seen, there was like a moment of those videos being made. Of people getting burnt out. All the girls were making that video. Mm -hmm. Like, I no longer aspire to a dream job. I no longer aspire to labor. Like, I, all of that. Um, I think, yeah, sure. But like, I don't know how practical that is. But hey. Yeah, this one woman that I watched the video of, she's living in a van. And she said that she loves her life now. Oh, is that that young girl? I think so. Oh, the black girl. Yes, her. What's her name? I don't remember her name. Yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. She's living in a van. And then uh, there are a couple of other people that are just like, I left my career to work in a coffee shop. And I'm happier than ever. And I'm just like, good for you, sis. 
Well, I think if we are going to take away anything from the pandemic is that we need a lot. We we need less than we think we do. Mm -hmm. And if you really have to like bare bones it and just chill, like you can make do with so much less. Like our lives are just like created problems. Yes. You know, like everything that we're like working to afford and working towards and like, you know, building. It's like it's we're just building ourselves issues. Yes. So when you have like technically like when you have nothing you don't need anything Mm -hmm. and you can just chill (laughs) you can just vibe (laughs) yeah so yeah it's about finding the balance like you can't just be a bum but you definitely definitely don't need to be like striving for things that don't mean anything yeah in in the real like sense of happiness and fulfillment for yourself for sure yeah yeah I'm feeling the vibes. I love this for the girls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's get into the show. Yes. Uh, speaking of the girls, this week, uh, we're going to talk about all the girls. We're going to start off with what? Cruel Summer? Let's start with Cruel Summer. Even though I... Have you been watching like any side shows lately? Um, I've been watching anime with oh. my boyfriend. So that's what... That's my little guilty pleasure, mindless watch. Okay. But what have you been watching on the side? On the side, well, I started the rewatch of The Nanny, which I'm loving. Mm. It's just nostalgic. So I saw a tweet this week or a TikTok that was like, millennials especially are so nostalgic. And it's because we have like, um, like unhealed trauma of like from our era of like growing up and just like the changes in society and just kind oh. of the uncertainty that our gener- my generation like has had to like grow up in mm. and we're so like heavily nostalgic and and like are clinging to the good times because of like that untreated <laughs> trauma. Okay, that makes so much sense. It really does. And I was like, wow. I had one of those moments of like, wow. It's why the millennials love Disney. Yes. It's why (laughs) they're obsessed with Harry Potter. (laughs) Well, I I say millennials like I'm not a millennial. I'm a Z-lennial. Yeah. Let me know if y'all know about that mini generation. But, like, generation. my generation, like, we love old shit so much. Yes. Like, I don't feel like mommy's generation, like, cares no. about old things. Like, <laughs> she never talks care. about the good old days or any of the shows that she watched. Like, our generation is, like, I watch old things more than new things. Yeah. Like, I can sit down and go through the entire Disney Plus catalog of, like, old oh. animated movies. And that would make me so, it would make me so happy. Yeah. Ryan and I did that the other day. My boyfriend and I, we watched Cool Runnings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we want to rewatch all of the Disney movies. So I can relate to that. Yeah, but I just thought that was funny. That's an aside. But anyway, so I'm watching The Nanny. And then I also watched Hacks on HBO, which is with the grandmother from Mare of Easttown. Oh. Um, so she basically plays like a, like a historic... Um, comedian in vegas that's been like um has a residency for like 15 years or whatever and she the the show is basically like based on um 
Joan Rivers, kind of. Like, that's where they got that character from. And then this, like, young, entitled writer comes to work for her. And they just have all this, like, back and forth. But they they are kind of kindred spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really funny. Very smart. And she is just fabulous. I I really liked it. It's going to come back for a season two. So that was good. That's cute. And what else did I... Oh, you know what I'm watching? What? The Girlfriend Experience. Oh, the new season? The new season. I need to watch that. Can we talk about that? Oh my god, so good. Okay. We, you have to watch it. It's so, 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 so good. Are they releasing it episodically? I think it's done at this point. Okay. Um, because it was, it was, I was like halfway through. I'm like halfway through the season, so I need to go back and watch the second half. Mm. And, oh my god, Selena, the wardrobe. Oh my yes. god. They always have looks. No, but this season is even more on point. Like, you have no idea how good the wardrobe is this season. It's is it just, a new storyline? Yes. Okay. You know how that. they change it up mm-hmm. every year. So, so, so good. If you don't watch that show, get into it. It's really good, really interesting. And this season is just the bomb. Yes, I love hearing about the girls, the sex work, all of that. It's like raunchy. It's uh, um, the underbelly of society. It's yeah. dark, but it's interesting. So interesting. And this year they have like, it's got a twist. It's got like Ooh, a sci-fi. like Sci-fi? Kind of like, oh my God, it's just so good this season. It's very good. Okay, guys, girlfriend experience on stars. Yes. Stay tuned. Yes. We'll be talking about it. Yeah. Um, but let's get into the shows that we're actually talking about this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about the second half of Cruel Summer. <laughs> we talked about this like three episodes ago, I think. Yeah. And the show is now complete. So now that it's done, oh my God. I was so shook. <laughs> This reminds me of the show on Netflix that was the weird, um, you know, the jumping thing behind her eyes. Oh. Yeah, it reminds you of behind her eyes, not in content, but because it was just so shocking and I haven't been (laughs) shocked by a TV show like this in so long. Yes, I'm just like so shocked that Peacock, I'm not Peacock, that abc family did this like yes okay coming with the content the fire content but you know who executive produced this who um jt's wife homegirl from um jessica jessica beale damn and she did amazing in the center so i guess she tried to make like an interesting mystery teen version of it i love that for her doesn't that make sense that makes so much sense Mm mm-hmm wow my mind just was blown okay i didn't realize that she produced this okay wow i love that Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense if you guys don't watch the sinner i mean i don't know what you're doing because that show is phenomenal incredible so good but anyway so cruel summer from where we left off um you know we were kind of in a place where you know, Kate was back and she had the allegations against Jeanette mm-hmm. and she really was struggling with the the implication of everything that had come out. You know, mm-hmm. she was accused of seeing Kate when she was being held by Martin in the basement and Jeanette is just really trying to piece together her life and like 
gain some sort of semblance of normalcy again. Mm -hmm. So she countersues Kate and, um, you know, that just kind of the, the court case builds and builds and and all the secrets are kind of revealed. Yeah, and I think the last episode we talked about mm-hmm. was uh, it was revealed that Kate went to Martin Harris's house willingly. He did not kidnap her. Yes. And then the episode right after that is like the bombshell. Her and Martin were in love. Yes. It was not a kidnapping at first. It, after- I mean, it's not a kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she went there. She stayed the night. He was kind to her. She wanted to stay. Of course, he was grooming her, and that relationship was completely inappropriate. Completely. But she fell in love with him, and for the first three months of her being missing, she was not being held captive. She was there with him, shacked up. Yeah. In love. Yeah. They had a whole relationship, <laughs> and they were playing They were playing house. She was cooking dinner for him while yes. he was at work, and he was coming home, and they were having lovely evenings together and you know she was happy she missed her family but she didn't want to go back to them because she didn't want him one to get in trouble Mm -hmm. and two she was like you know they're kind of just carrying on yeah as normal without her and she was already having a hard time with them anyways and she didn't really like her life yeah so she was using martin as an escape yeah and what teenage girl wouldn't want to fall in love and run away with her little mans of course this relationship was sick and he was manipulating her the entire time yeah but i could understand kate's mindset and the reason why she she did those things oh of course Mm -hmm. he was young hot taking care of her and he was talking about building a life with her and traveling the world and of course that sounds lovely at 17 Mm -hmm. when you have no concept of what adulthood is and what a relationship really means and entails and it was just you know it's all roses at that point yeah poor thing but then like four months in the holidays start to hit and she starts to get restless she starts to get lonely she starts to get homesick and she wants she's just like how is this gonna end like what's gonna happen where where does this go from here Mm -hmm. and he's just like i don't know i I didn't think about that (laughs) and you know they were really just caught up yeah and I think it's funny that, like, at the four-month mark, like, that's really the the point where it's like, are we going to do this or not? Yes, definitely. <laughs> like, in real life, you're at four months after dating someone, you're like, do I really like you? Do I like you enough to really <laughs> date you? Mm-hmm. Or is this where we crop? Is this where we end? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I just thought it was funny that that happened at that point. And she left the house one day in the middle of the night and she went to her house and she saw her parents and they look they seemed happy. Mm-hmm. They weren't. They were just having a moment. Yes. But um, that really made her feel like, wow, nobody cares about the fact that I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she was like, well, bump them. Mm-hmm. You know, like they don't care. I don't care. But she was definitely missing her life. Mm-hmm. Um. And Jeanette had slipped into hers seamlessly. You know, her boyfriend had moved on. Her friends had moved on. Nobody was really looking for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but four months, that's still very soon. That is very soon. It's a little weird that it, it had, like, 
I mean, they were still looking for her. Yeah. And Jeanette hadn't fully morphed into the new Jeanette. Yeah. Um, you can see that in the clip where she enters the house while Kate is there. She still has the curly yeah. hair and the glasses. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seemingly everyone had kind of moved on. But that's how life works. You have to keep going. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at that point when she left the house and she came back, that's the first time Martin turned... Um, I don't want to say violence, but mean. Yeah. Yeah. He got possessive at that point and was mm-hmm. like, you can't leave. Like, this can't happen. Yeah. And he then, really started to realize the implications for him. Definitely. He realized how horrible it would be if she just left. And he really gave her freedom up until that point because that was his girl and she wanted to be there. Right. But when she started to get homesick, that's when he started to get more concerned and riled up um which led to him ultimately entrapping her in the in the basement putting her in the basement yeah when she wanted to leave and this gives so much context it explains why in the flashbacks of kate being in the basement martin isn't mean to her mm-hmm. martin doesn't hit her abuse her anything like that we never see her get like raped or assaulted in yeah. any sort of way and it also explains like why he took he took the measures he did to like make her comfortable down yes. there all that food and the the bedding and all that kind of yeah. stuff like you don't really get that mm-hmm. um in kidnapping situations yeah because in his own psychopath way he loved her yeah he did love her that was his girl okay so i want to talk about this do you think martin was a sociopath psychopath that was gonna entrap her and be this crazy abusive no. man you think he was just trying a thing he liked the young girl and it I get away Ma- from him i think martin got caught up <laughs> got from him i think he got away from him for sure he had no I don't think, I think he would have maybe had like an inappropriate crush. Yes. But I don't think Merton was ballsy enough to have ever made a real move. But when the girl is at the house, comes into his home in the middle of the night, nobody knows she's there. Everybody thinks she's missing. She's making suggestive comments. They're drinking whiskey and, and, you know, being touchy, touchy, flirty, flirty. (laughs) He's just like... I ain't getting any anyway. <laughs> yeah. So let me hit it. Mm-hmm. And then he fell in love with her. Like what? I mean, I hate to say this, but like what older guy doesn't like a young, dumb girl? Like, yeah. you know, unfortunately, that is just like their way. Mm-hmm. You know, they love a, a little young ting. Yeah. And I think he just got caught up and didn't really realize like, oh, I'd have to keep her like this for two years. Until she grows up enough to be a real adult. And so it's actually date me. Yeah. And then like, what? what, I just, my thing is like, you, y'all are really dumb. Like you men are really dumb because (laughs) you think that she would come out of quote unquote captivity and y'all would just be dating and it would be all good. Like, how would he account for two years of her going missing? Like, it didn't make sense. No sense. Yeah. So I think at first what he wanted to do, and I'm getting this from the little things he said in the dialogue, um, 
He never wanted her to stay for the entire time. He said, let's let this blow over. The police are looking for you. They mm-hmm. can't know it's me. But once you do emerge, you can just say you ran away and then we can have our relationship in secret. Yeah. I think that's what he meant. And then he said, you know, I can't wait for two years from now when, when we can finally be a real couple. Mm-hmm. So creepy vibes, of course. For but sure. he was not trying to kidnap a little girl. I don't think so. Yeah. Not in the traditional sense. Exactly. Um, And of course, he was manipulative, but I mean, I wouldn't even put that in the psychopath category. Older men love to manipulate younger women just in general. Yeah. It's a sick tendency, but Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would say it's like psychopath, like... Yes. You know? Definitely. Um, So it just flipped. The show flipped what we thought we knew about the situation. Yeah, completely. Number one twist. And I love when a show has a twist in the middle of the season. Me too. Don't you love that? I love that. Amazing. Um, Then, I mean, let's just talk about the ending. Like... Bitch, Jeanette knew. Like, okay, okay. So, first so of all, after, after all that mix up, we make it to the trial, and it comes out that you know Kate thought that Jeanette saw her in the house. She didn't actually see her at the time that she thought she did, and you know Kate had it wrong. Mallory had had was the one that had seen her, mm-hmm. and but Mallory didn't really put two and two together that it was her at first at first he was she was like oh there's like someone in the house but like she thought it was his girlfriend Mm -hmm. whoever that would be and then when she emerged out of the house it's like oh that was you that was kate and you know she never said anything and that is just kind of like a i don't know is i mean i guess it's a violation of friendship on mallory's part Mm -hmm. but it's not like a cardinal sin yeah you know it's not like she didn't do something that could have helped her yeah but what gets me is if that was Jeanette and she was the one who had actually seen her but she thought it was the girlfriend then what you know then Kate had already exposed her and ruined her life so that's why I was really surprised when she just forgave Mallory like whatever I think at this point it's like homeboy is dead yeah and you're no longer in the basement what does it matter okay you know at some point you just have to let things go and move forward Mm -hmm. i mean i don't know if i personally would be like let's be friends again but i can understand that she's been isolated from all of her friends mallory's really her only friend at this point and it's like i can't lose another thing Mm -hmm. because at the when we think about it she's the one that killed martin with Annabelle. Another revelation. You know, and the police framed it as there was a shootout. He was shot, but it was Kate that shot him. And you've taken the life of your boyfriend that you were in love with that turned into your captor and just the psychology of it all. Then, you know, she thought she found a friend with the the sister on the Mm -hmm. chat room and then that gets pulled out from under her she doesn't really feel that kind of connection to her so it's like can she afford to lose someone else in that space like Mm -hmm. mentally and i would just i think that's why she forgave mallory okay that does make a little more sense yeah 
Um, and then at the end, final scene of the show, we yeah, see... So, so mind you, Jeanette drops the lawsuit mm-hmm. against Kate. Kate comes out to say it wasn't Jeanette. We think everything's fine and dandy. Jeanette goes on uh, back on TV. Yeah, she goes on tour, basically. Most wronged woman in America. Saint. America's yeah. sweetheart. And then... And she forgives Kate. She's mm-hmm. like, Kate, I forgive you. <laughs> And then we find out that she had gone into the house when Kate was down in the basement and heard her knocking and heard that she was there. And you see her smile when she learns that. And she obviously leaves her there for we don't know what point that is. Yeah. Um, but that's at some point when Kate is being actually help, held captive. Mm-hmm. Um so she did know after all, but yeah. she knew that Kate didn't know that that was her. Mm-hmm. So sinister. Okay. And in the first episode where we talked about this, we talk about Jeanette being somewhat calculated mm-hmm. and we're like, why is she like this? You know, she seems normal at some point to like the victim here, but at other points she seems like a little off. What's going on? Yeah. One of the things was uh, the whole time when she was breaking into Martin Harris's house, you know, what was the pathology of doing that? Like, was she intrigued by him as well? Was this man just, a a little chick magnet or was it something else was it like a control thing is she the real psychopath here Mm -hmm. and then you really start to see that come out in the last moments of the show where we find out that she did indeed know that kate was trapped down there yeah and she's getting away with it nobody knows that she knows yeah I mean, we've re- they've renewed the show for season two, um, and I can't wait to see how that plays out because that's definitely going to be something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just interesting that she, fa- when she found out that her initial reaction is, oh, that's great. Right? <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. She's the psychopath here. Yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. I really like this show. I loved this show. It was so unexpected. The moment we thought it was like a happy ending, it was like, wait, but there's more. Yeah. And all the side characters are really good. Mm -hmm. I like at the end, um, her friend, the neighbor, Mm -hmm. um, how he got like an apology from the kid that he was dating that kind of like shunned him. Yeah, I like that I like that their little reconciliation happened. Um, Jeanette got her man's back, her little boyfriend. Yeah, he, you know, he went through it. Yeah, and like at the end of it, it's like your boy, your girlfriend disappears. Then, you know, you start dating someone else and she comes back and it's just like, that's a lot. And at that age, you're all over the place. So I understand why he was, again, like he was all over the place in mm-hmm. that moment. Poor thing. Um, Poor things. I just feel bad for all of them. Yeah, they're all so young. But it was all Loki Kate's fault. I mean, yeah, Kate is the, I mean, if everyone's an evil mastermind in this, it's really Kate because mm-hmm. she's the one that went and shacked up and isn't being truthful about that yeah was not being truthful about that to the end yeah and then also mallory i just cannot with mallory like mallory is just she's a lot yeah and i don't understand her um her just kind of like vitriol for jeanette me neither like what's the energy sis like 
are we friends or not? Yeah. I thought that was very weird. Like in the in the 1993 flashbacks, the first year of flashbacks, mm-hmm. when Jeanette first starts to kind of like break out of her her shell mm-hmm. and she's sneaking into Martin's house and like stealing things. Mallory is like takes it as like a personal attack. Yeah. That, you know, she's like stepping out of line. I think the reason for that what is the opposite of love isn't hate, it's apathy and not caring. So Mallory decided to hate Jeanette because she rejected her and she still loved her. She felt hurt inside. So she lashed out in an angry way. You know, why would you do this to me? Picking at every little thing, hating her because she still loves her. And that was her only friend. Yeah. You know, Hmm. young girls love to do that. Yeah. Don't they love to just hate on each other? For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. Being young is a, a young girl. Like, If you make it through middle school and high school, like, God bless. Yeah. And I love how this show is obviously fantastical. This uh, is crazy and it wouldn't happen, but it feels rooted in reality. Oh, super. And, like, the the relationships and everything, it's just so real, Mm -hmm. even though this situation is crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just interesting all around. Mm -hmm. Layered, complex, surprising. I really enjoyed it. I love this show. If you haven't watched this, I hope that everything we're saying at this point convinces you to tune in. And, like, we've kind of ruined it because, like, the beauty of the show is the surprises. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely worth the watch. Mm -hmm. And if you've already watched Cruel Summer and you loved it as much as us, shoot us a comment, shoot us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. For sure. And talk more about this amazing show. For sure. All right, guys, it is time for tea. Tea time. Let's get into it. Cheers. What do you have for us, Adriana? So the first thing I want to talk about is a revelation that T-Pain made. (laughs) It's he's being featured on the new Netflix series called This Is Pop, which is like a docuseries about like the evolution of pop music. Oh, love that for him. And he opened up in about an encounter that he had with Usher many years ago. They were both on a plane and Usher like pulled him to the side and was like, you know, man, I'm going to tell you something. You fucked up music. And he was like, mm-hmm, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, no, you like you fucked up the game for real singers. And he was like, what? Like, say what? Mm-hmm. And Usher was dead serious, and it sent T Pain. That was like the beginning, he says, of what sparked him into falling into a four year depression. Wow. And why he kind of like disappeared he from music off. for a while. And I just think, like, Usher, man, what's up? Uh, the, the thing with Usher. <laughs> He, we love him. And then sometimes it's like, do we love him? I love Usher. I'm not even going to lie. But like, I just think that's so messed up to say. It's like, very messy. They were friends. They had worked together. And he said that he was deeply hurt by that. And I can absolutely see why. Like, also, like, T-Pain is like a real singer. Like, he yes. really sings. He was on The Masked <laughs> Singer and nobody knew it was him because he could sing. He had vocals. Yes. They say that in the beginning of his career, his actual singing voice wasn't as developed as it is now. He says that he worked on it for a really long time. 
Um, and so he developed his like voice mm-hmm. a lot. But I don't think the rise of auto-tune could well, this is this is what he's referring to. He's saying mm-hmm. that T Pain really put like auto-tune in that era of like yes. the early mid 2000s on mm-hmm. the map and then after that like everybody was using autotune and that kind of like pop synthesizer altered voice really became the norm mm-hmm. and so he did change music in a lot of ways he but did. i don't think he was the sole reason why autotune became pop in one or that you know singers were able you know, people have been doing that to their voices in other settings yes. in for decades. So it's like, it's not all on T-Pain that the music industry changed at a time where, you know, like that entire industry was kind of being overhauled. Mm-hmm. I just think like some things are unnecessary to say. And this yeah. was one of them. Like Usher, like shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean... Usher is an artist, but maybe not in the same way that T-Pain is an artist. T-Pain writes his own stuff. He produces. And uh, when you're that close to your arc and your work, it's uh, so... You're very Deeply personal. It's deeply personal and you're very sensitive about it. So I'm not surprised that this pushed him into a depression. Yeah. Little things like that, you know, you just never know how much they're going to hurt people. Yeah. They sow seeds of of um, insecurity. Mm-hmm. And so people start to like, oh, 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 like, did I? Am I? Uh, Hyper-focus on it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't really move forward from that. Once you're in a loop, you're like stuck in a wormhole. I'm so sad. Oh right? my gosh. Justice for T-Pain. <laughs> right? Because I love T-Pain. Love. And for, I think like last, when he did his verses, he was just like, mm-hmm. I'm just like so shocked that like everybody's like rooting <laughs> for me. And it's just like, everybody was like, no, but like we are obsessed with you. Like we love you. Like I think that really, that like probably a moment like this and other things probably played into all of that kind of like self-doubt that he thought for many years and it's like no like we actually think you're like a legend <laughs> and we want you to come back right no i actually love t-pain no like i love. was listening to him in the car the other day i just put on all of his old bangers and it was a vibe that was such a good time in music such a good time and he was on every track like there wasn't <laughs> yes. a, a hit song without t-pain mm, remember those days right good times love that uh, but <laughs> In other news, big headline of the week, Britney Spears finally spoke on her conspiratorship in a courtroom, and I have some quotes from her. So disturbing. So disturbing. Like, justice for Britney. Free Britney. Free Britney from those chains. She says... Okay, she says, I have an IUD in my body right now that won't let me have a baby and my conservators won't let me go to the doctor to take it out. I feel ganged up on. I feel bullied and I feel left out and alone. I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry. It's insane. And I'm depressed. My dad and anyone involved in this conservatorship, including my management, they should be in jail. Yes. Um, And she spoke about her, she mentioned her family numerous times, her management, everyone in the courts involved in this. I mean, this just goes back so far. This, we talked about the Free Britney um, 
documentary that came out early early this year Mm -hmm. um and you know it's extensive this conservatorship is just oppressive and i don't none of us knew that yeah um but it makes sense like her she's on so much medication Mm -hmm. they have her on some of the strongest um like antipsychotic drugs and and kind of like mood stabilizers and, you know, every single aspect of her life is controlled by somebody else. She can't get mm-hmm. into a car with her boyfriend. She can't go to the doctor by herself. She's forced to go to therapy sessions like three times a week. They can't, they, she has to go to the office. So the paparazzi catches her on the street. Then she's upset. And, you know, it just, all of this is kind of like fueling the fact that she's unstable. And so that keeps her under their control. Mm-hmm. And that's just like Jamie Spears needs to go to jail. Yeah, it's so sick. I mean, the fact that she can't get married, you know, under this conservatorship, it's basically saying that she has no control over anything in her life and she shouldn't be allowed to make her own decisions because they're going to harm her. Right. But this woman is working. This woman is <laughs> right. making millions and millions of dollars and she is coherent by all accounts. She's doing interviews, but she's not allowed to have another relationship and get married. Right. She's not allowed to have another child. I mean, she spends time with her kids now. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And when the Free Britney documentary came out, we didn't really know what was going on with her. Mm-hmm. We were just speculating. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, you know, something is wrong. Free Britney came out of nowhere. It was people looking at her Instagram and being yeah. like, wait a minute, this is weird. To finally have her speak and see what was really going on, it just proves that everybody was right. And you know what I think is that, did you listen to any of the audio? Um, no. So she sounds totally different than she does on the Instagram. Oh. And I, like, she sounds clear, concise, like, even the tone of voice that she spoke in, just, it just didn't even (laughs) sound like the girl on the Instagram. And so now I really think, like, all the conspiracies that she was, like, you know, doing these weird videos to, like, let people know, like, I'm not okay. (laughs) Like, they are making me take these videos and do these things, and I'm going to make them as weird and as as awkward as possible. And just completely, like, I'm going to act like I'm completely out of my mind. So, you know, out there, like, something is wrong with me. Yes. And now it all makes sense. And you know what's so funny? Years ago, I remember, like, posting on my instagram story like what's going on here and i was just like this has to be some sort of like (laughs) character that she's concocted like you guys remember (laughs) when the gym burned down (laughs) the gym burned down (laughs) because she was dancing with the candle and kicked it and like she broke her foot it was like a whole thing like but (laughs) but like, I I really do think, like, all of the conspiracies that put all of these things together, and it was like, Britney, wear yellow if you're in trouble, and then she wore yellow in the next video. Yes! It's uh, like, I don't think that her team that is clearly managing her social media was, like, fully taking into stock that, like, people were trying to communicate with her, mm-hmm. but she was definitely, like, yes. trying to communicate with all of us. Definitely. Um... But it's awful that she feels so 
isolated Mm -hmm. in all of this like you know good or bad um whatever anybody would be able to say about her like whatever she's done in life does not justify this kind of treatment of any any single person on this earth at all definitely not and it's just it's so sad uh definitely she had some issues um no one's really been open about if she has any mental diagnoses or anything but i mean she seems fine she seems like a functioning woman who should be able to have a life (laughs) and there are people that are far more fucked up than than whatever britney has going on if she does have something going on that have full control of their life and have fucked it into the ground so it's like let the woman do what she wants to do let her live like oh you want to protect her like who cares like not who cares but like this has gone way too far she's a grown woman way too far yeah it's ridiculous um did you see justin's tweets oh i did see his tweet people were on his ass (laughs) like of course because the internet hates him (laughs) i love him still (laughs) i do too but the internet Hate, you know the internet hates certain people justin timberlake Isn't jennifer lopez <laughs> yeah they really hate j-lo for some reason too i don't know why like i love her because she stole ashanti's vocals oh yeah they think like she's just this talentless hack that has just made it because she's sexy so what <laughs> if she was which i don't believe i believe she's a very talented dancer and she does her thing with the singing when she has to do it i think so too and (laughs) you know i just i don't understand she's such a talented performer right and so is jt jt the man can sing he can dance he can play a little instrument like and he could act like i watched friends with benefits the other day he's a marvelous actor he's good he has a he has a movie on um oh the movie with the girl he was cheating with when is that coming out i don't know but i want (laughs) to see that for real i forgot about that damn yeah Oh my god, I'm dead. Anyways, but yeah. So, you know, everybody's coming out in support of Britney, free Britney. This is the big story of the week. It's just like awful. Mm-hmm. Oh, so just a little update on like some documentaries that are coming out in the next coming months. Discovery Plus has announced a new documentary that's based on the mega church Hillsong. Oh, okay. Um, They're going to deep dive into the controversies surrounding the Hillsong Church and its former pastor, Carl Lentz. That was the pastor that was friends with um, Justin Bieber? Yes. Okay. Um, Why did he leave? Because he was cheating on his wife. Because he was cheating on his wife. Okay. And the show will also feature revelations of former and current congregants who have experienced various problems within the church, including homophobia, abuse, trauma, racism as well as financial and labor exploitations and doesn't it's going sound to in- like anything new <laughs> and it's going to investigate the corruption with inside mega churches so we're surprised i that- cannot wait for this so we're surprised that churches are racist and homophobic we're not <laughs> i'm just saying for y'all cult followers <laughs> 
I'm very excited for this. I just like, I think the idea of like mega churches yeah. and like hip churches is just like very weird. Very weird. I like, I don't understand like the, I think things need to evolve with time, but I think like the hip, putting like a hip hop version of like buy you a drink and like sing it, singing it at the pulpit is like weird. Like I don't think like that sort of like, what is that called <laughs> like whatever it is called to like i don't know just the hip whatever. the hip version of church is just not cool to me like yeah. i think it's very weird and i think these mega churches are very corrupt and these pastors are like so damn rich and it's just yeah. like you've made you're making your money because you of all of these people giving you their money i just i Guys, I, I have very strong feelings about churches mm -hmm. and about, you know, that whole thing. And I just think they're all cults. <laughs> yeah. So I know a girl and uh, I'm going to call her out a little bit since we're not friends anymore. <laughs> um, she unfollowed me on Instagram. Oh. So whatever. But I met her in college and her family owns a mega church down here in South Florida. Oh, I know who you're talking and about. And they're so rich. And she unfollowed me because I am a... a obviously a journalist and i post about social issues politics and her family were big trumpers mm. so when i started posting more politically on social media she unfollowed me and then upon that i told the friend group like hey she unfollowed me like that was weird and they were like oh yeah she's a trumper and honestly her family's a little racist and i was just like the church people <laughs> This does not shock me. Like, I just think I'm just always very, like, skeptical. Like, I'm looking at you with, like, the biggest side eye if you want to go and be a pastor. Yeah. Like, I know that's, like, supposed to be noble work, but I just think, like, hmm, why? Yeah. I can't help but be, like, skeptical of people that want to do that with mm -hmm. their lives. And I know it's like, you've got, maybe you have a spiritual calling or whatever. Yeah. And I do think that's real, but I'm just also like, hmm. <laughs> doesn't sit right with me. It just doesn't sit right with me. And I just don't, I cannot get with the tithe. I cannot get oh, with the tithe. Like being like, give me your money. I just can't get with it. I yeah. don't know how they sleep at night. It's really weird, and I feel like uh, tithing at one point made sense because back in the olden days, they had to build churches and temples, so they needed the people's money if they wanted to go to church. But now, I know church people who are in debt because of their tithes, and like they are very religious and spiritual, and they count their tithes, but they haven't been able to pay them, so they are like literally, like in their minds, they're in debt. And every time they get money, they pay off the tithe debt. Isn't that wild? That's... And and religion is not a cult? Right? Like, what? Like, how how have we classified these two things, entities, as different? Yeah, I just, so, like, don't understand that. So, full disclosure, I do be believing in God. And oh, I do be And I do be doing my little thing. But I don't when church, people, but, yeah. When people are too involved in the church and the institutions... Mm -hmm. 
I'm very weary. Very. And I will never be that involved in the institutions. I feel like I do not need that for my personal spiritual journey. Absolutely not. Yeah. And it's just every time you start getting into the bureaucracy and you start building these entities, it they're just perfect they're, for corruption. And their businesses. They're not houses of worship. No, not at all anymore. And you are their customer. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's like soul cycle. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Soul cycle took church and put it as a workout. And that's why they have this cult like following. Mm. And it's such a thing. Well, it's the same thing with <laughs> CrossFit. I think anybody that does CrossFit is in a cult. Exactly. It's the same concept. When people are like, oh, I no longer do CrossFit, I'm like, oh, you've you've left the, the you've left the church. <laughs> you've left the church, you've left the cult, you realize that you don't need that to be fit and you don't need that to be spiritual. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's coming. I'm very excited about that. Okay, do we have another documentary or just that one? Um, Another one, actually, Paris Hilton is coming to Peacock with a reality show. Oh, how fun. About her upcoming wedding. <gasps> oh, I'm watching it. You know I love the <laughs> wedding shows. It's, go- it's tentatively titled Paris in Love. Oh, oh. Yes, yes. I'm super excited about this. It's going to be uh, a 13-episode journey of her planning her wedding. I'm obsessed already. I love this idea. I love that Paris is becoming, like, more public, and we're just seeing her more, and I just love this for her. Like, she has been engaged so many times, so, like, hopefully this wedding actually happens. She's making a show out of planning it. It has to. Yeah, but, like... You know, you just you just never know. The last episode is going to be the wedding. I'm assuming so. And if it's not, I'm going to be thoroughly upset. Yeah. Yeah, they, the final episode will be the big day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I need this. Super exciting. Oh, She's 40? She's 40. She's the same age as Kim. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. She does not look 40. She looks really good. Neither does Kim. Kim, no. Kim does not look 40. She's not what I picture in my mind to be 40. You know what's so weird? What? Now that I'm like well into my 30s. Well, I'm only 31. <laughs> well into, like, girl. <laughs> but like, I feel like I'm I'm really 30 now. Okay. Right? When I think about like being 40, I, I still feel like it's 20 years away. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. It's nine years away. It's nine years away. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I still feel super, super young. Yeah. So when people like Paris and Kim are 40, I'm just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, you're not the face of 40 either. Like, Mm -hmm. to me, the face of 40 is like way older. Yeah, right? In my mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, ugh. 40s the new 30 we're all looking younger we're all getting better as technology advances yeah (laughs) and we didn't really get into it on the tv recap section but the keeping up with the kardashians reunion Mm -hmm. i watched that also this week and um oh my god i had so many thoughts first of all courtney hates kim (laughs) yeah like still and it's 
visible. She wow. just and she there was a moment where, you know, Kim was talking about like her friendship with with Paris and she was like, "Yeah, you know, like she said something really mean about me." And Courtney literally was like zoned out and she was like, "She said you had your ass was like cottage cheese in a <laughs> in a trash bag." What? <laughs> she remembered it verbatim word for word. And then she just like was dying laughing. And Kim is just like, <laughs> okay. Like you bitch. Right. Like she Courtney hates her. Like when Kim talks, she's just like, <laughs> well, she did physically assault her. <laughs> <laughs> they did fight. They scrapped. But it's just so evident that they just think like nothing of, of one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was Courtney. Kendall is mm. so surprising. Like, we never see her on the show. She's never. never around. She's very private. But she's so wise. Oh, really? And she's really introspective. Like, she has... She, like, looks at things, I feel like, in ways that the other sisters don't. And she just seems like... She just seems like somebody that's been in a lot of therapy. Mm. And I was just very... I was like, wow. It makes sense because of her anxiety. Apparently, she yeah. is very anxious. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just felt like, wow, that's surprising. I didn't really realize that about her um, personality. Um, another thing... Oh, wait. I wanted to keep talking about Kendall. Oh. Did you know that she's dating Devin Booker? Yes. I think they're so cute. They are so cute. She confirmed it on the show also. I love that for her. Um, yeah. I didn't know who he was. And mm-hmm. then I Googled him and I was like, oh, he's cute. Yeah, he's so cute. Uh-huh. And he's he's on the winning team right now. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. They look like they might go to the end for the NBA really? championship. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. And then can we also talk about how she's apparently the favorite and we didn't know that? Yeah. she Well, she's the easiest to work with. Yeah, and... Uh, According Chris, to Chris. And Chris says that she was, in turn, the favorite. Yeah, kind of. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. I mean, when you have a lot of kids, the easiest kid is definitely going to be the one that you love a lot. <laughs> well, that's you're just like, oh, here you come, my easy child. Yes. <laughs> you know, you're not going to... I know when you call me, it's not because you have an issue. Yes. That's, I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting, they asked Kendall how she feels about people thinking that she basically only has a career because of her family's fame. They asked her that. Yes. Andy did an amazing job. Honestly, you need to watch it. Like, he, like, slayed. He needs an Emmy. Like, it was amazing like he asked all the hard-hitting questions wow love but, that for him um and she was like i think that that's fair that's a fair assessment but i didn't allow the family to come to to shows when i first started i took my my last name off of my modeling cards i went to every audition i worked my ass off so you know maybe i had a leg up but you know i also worked really hard for this mm-hmm um, which is kind of like, this is the thing. I think they have a really good grasp on like how people perceive them and all yeah. the stuff that's said about them. But I also think some of how they rationalize it is disingenuous. They had a conversation about like body image, specifically with Chloe and how kind of like her looks has evolved mm. and kind of like the the damage that has mentally taken on her through the years. Um, 
of people just criticizing her and always having something to say and kind of like for all of them like with plastic surgery and stuff like what that what that kind of like standard that is being set means and they kind of skirted around it they're like they set the standard that's the thing okay so this is the one thing i wanted like him to like really get into Mm -hmm. like i wanted him to ask like you guys have become the beauty standard that's undeniable the entire world is changing their bodies to look like what you have all been born with and altered Mm -hmm. and I mean, it's so pervasive that all of your friends, if you stand up in a line in a picture and all of them, you all have the same body shape. That's Mm -hmm. not natural. Mm -hmm. And I just wish he would have been like, how do you feel about that? And how do you rationalize that? And do you think it's weird? Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing that wasn't asked that I wish would have been asked. Because Chloe was like, you know, I have had my nose done, but, you know, no one's ever asked me that. It's straight out. You know, I have had fillers. Um... But she's, and then Kendall was like. She didn't talk about the body stuff? No. And then Kendall was like, we all work really hard to be healthy. She's like, you know, like Kim was like, I wake up every morning at 5 a.m. to work out for two hours. I'm in the best shape of my life. Like I work for this body. But it's like, Kim, your ass has been through six different procedures. So like, yes, you might be healthy. And yes, you might be working out. She does work out because you have to maintain it. But she's definitely had work done. But you've definitely had work done. And you can't say that your family as a whole has not impacted the world's visual identity. Yeah. And to not even talk about body, you can address Kylie with the lips. She has made an empire out of those lips and the fact that she got filler of course it's dissolved now but not completely i think it's yeah i think she's she dissolved them and then she got a little something yeah yeah but you know she's made an empire off of that and everybody wants to look like her they are the new beauty standard and the fact that Andy didn't ask that or they didn't really answer it that makes me a little upset but yeah i was like annoyed with that i was like well this is disingenuous Mm -hmm. um but I wish, like, someone someone really need, does need to ask them that. Like, mm-hmm. any time they get interviewed, like, that is never asked. And I really want someone to, like, straight up be like, answer the question. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you rationalize that? Mm-hmm. And it's not, I don't think, like, they set out to become the beauty standard of the world. But it happened. And so... How do you feel about How it? do you feel about and that? And do you feel like uh, this uh, has... B- you've set unrealistic expectations on other women. I mean... And in turn... And, like, they talked to, to Kylie about her lips. She was like, I was never insecure about that. And then I was made to be insecure about it by a boy after my first kiss. And so I got my lips done. And then it, you know, kind of, like, evolved from there. And that's how I got into makeup and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay... So you have an insecurity, you fix it, but because you're hypervisible, you now become the standard and then that impacts the entire world. And then you're, you have to uphold that standard that you've now created yes. by an insecurity that has been fueled by other people. It's just like a very pervasive like back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I just want, I wish, I wish we knew how they felt about that. Same. Not that it, it's, it would be a good opinion or a bad opinion or that they need to feel bad about it. But I just w- am wondering. I would just love to be like, how do you feel? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that's that. And yeah, justice for Chloe, because I think the media, social media, the comments about her body, about every picture, her like excessive face tune and the, 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 the work that she gets done. Like, she's like, I was the most, um, she's like, I used to be so confident and then I became insecure and then I got really confident again and now I'm back to being insecure. It's like I'm on this like wave Mm -hmm. and I feel like the media and just like people in general have really picked apart Chloe and you can tell that it's really like it's really getting to her. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. For a while, everybody was celebrating her when she did, like, the massive weight loss and she had, like, her sideshow about it. Like, she was doing great. And then recently, it's just, like, it's crazy how fast the internet can turn on you. And you know what's really weird? Seemingly, like, they don't like her because she's with Tristan. And it's, like, that's just, like, it's weird to penalize a woman for their association with a man. Women are always judged for their association with men. Yeah, but it's just weird. Mm-hmm. And then Kendall, at one point, they're like, what do you guys think about like the Kardashian curse that they say you have with men? And Kendall was like, I actually have some thoughts. And Kendall was like, I think that if we were men, there would never be an associate. There would never be any sort of association to what the man has done to the woman if the woman was doing badly in their life and Mm. it's an unfair um characterization of us that if a man does bad it's our fault oh i love that right i thought that was super interesting i was like it i was like okay kendall yeah no kardashian curse how about men ain't shit right like if you're if you're messed up that's on you yeah and like uh, more more rich men tend to cheat we know this so but it's not just cheat i mean like you you know Scott has his issues with yes. substance abuse. Lamar had his issues with substance abuse. I mean, Kim was like, Kanye's doing great. So I don't know <laughs> what anybody has to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's interesting because you wouldn't characterize, you wouldn't say that a family of men had a curse on the women that they were associated with. Yes. If afterwards they were doing bad, it would just be like, oh, that bitch went downhill. Yeah. You know, it's just like a different kind of mentality. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, revelation. The court, uh, the family did not like Courtney dating Giannis. They didn't. No. Scott came out and they... Oh, Scott and- came! <laughs> Scott came out and Andy was like, you kind of like get upset when Courtney dates other guys. She And he's like, well, the other guy just like, oh. And then everybody was like, oh my God. Yeah, like, oh, he was awful, terrible. No. They hated Giannis? They what hated did Giannis, Giannis do? I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. But apparently that was like not good. And he was like, you know, like I don't have a problem with Courtney moving on. He's like, I've moved on and I just want to see her happy. Okay. Um, Except for when he's single and he wants his baby mama back. Right. <laughs> and Scott looks like he's in a really bad place. Like, really? I don't know. He just seemed like very off and he seemed like quiet and just like not 
like lighthearted. Oh. You know, I just think, I don't know, there was something about his energy that was off and he just seemed dark. He just seemed like he was in a bad oh. place. Oh, well, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay too. Um, And they both said, they were like, if Scott's substance abuse issues weren't so pervasive, would you guys still be together? And he, they both said yes. Oh. And it was like a moment of like silent. Everybody was like... <laughs> And Andy didn't say anything. He was just like, <laughs> and it was just, they both like looked at each other and then like looked off and then Kylie started laughing. She's like, I'm sorry. This is just so heavy. Yeah. But it was like an awkward moment, but it was just like, wow. Like they, they probably would have made it, but he's just, he was a mess back then. Mm-hmm. I think they were meant to be. I think they're cute. Like, I, I love Scott. I love and, Scott. And, like, they just fit each other. Courtney is so... She's Courtney, and he's Scott, and I just feel like they match each other. You know those people that are just, like, they match? Yes. G-Eazy and Halsey. Oh, my God. Selena. <laughs> What's the other couple? Um, Megan Fox and... Uh, What's his name? Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. You know people that just match? Yeah. And you're like, this is... Mm. This makes sense. Yeah. But I love Courtney and Travis right now. Like, they're I'm fab, too. Obsessed with I them. think they're fab. Um, but yeah, they... But I do think... It, I think... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would have said, like, they should be together forever. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, some people are just meant to be together for a moment. Yeah. And Kim is definitely dating somebody. But it's not Van Jones and it's not Maluma. Who but she thought, thought she was dating Maluma? I don't know. There was like rumors of that because they were in Miami at some opening at the same time. But it's like Maluma's no. at every opening, right? Um, but she was like, "I'm not dating Van Jones." But it was it, there was just like a linger to her sentence that was like, "I'm not <laughs> dating him." Oh, but I'm dating. She didn't say that, but I think that's you the think truth. She's dating. I think she's dating. Okay, we love. And that at the time her. that they filmed this, Chloe and Tristan were. St- we're back together and now i don't know if you saw the headlines this week that they have like officially split again oh no didn't know yes wow well he was at he was at who's that uh youtuber's house man or woman woman tana mojo oh tana maybe he went to a birthday party apparently he was like the first one to arrive he was there very like early and he went into a room with like three other women and then came back out like half an hour later looking disheveled is oh what they gosh, said. Disheveled. <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> so of course, and then like three days after that, there was an article that came out that was like Chloe and Tristan have officially split. Wow. I just feel like bad for Chloe. Like justice for Chloe. Justice I, for Chloe. I, I feel really bad for her too. Right. Thank God she didn't have another baby with him. Well, she was trying to... She had gotten a surrogate, and then because of COVID complications, like, it didn't work out. Yeah. But it's like, it would have been good if she just had another uh, baby and true. could move just on. Just the same baby daddy if you want another kid. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, the the, the reunion was really good. Um, and Andy killed it. Like, the questions were really, really good. have to go back and watch. Kim got into the whole Chris Humphreys thing. Apparently, Chris went to her and was like, I'll put you in a car at the rehearsal dinner. She was like, if you don't want to go through with this, I will put you in a car right now. You can disappear and I will deal with it. Chris Humphreys said that about her wedding with Kanye or about their wedding? About their wedding. That's what Chris 
Chris, the mom, said that to Kim the oh. night of the rehearsal dinner. Because Kim was, like, nervous. Not sure. And she was like, I just think it's cold feet. It's fine. I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then she says that on the honeymoon, she was like, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Um, a bunch of outlets have interviewed people who got divorced. Or I think maybe a couple of studies interviewed people who had been divorced. A majority of them said they knew the marriage wasn't going to work out. On the honeymoon? No, like before Beforehand. the wedding. Oh, before yeah. Before the wedding. They always. said, I shouldn't have gotten married. Everybody always says that. Right? Isn't that insane? The what? Yeah, like the people that get like divorced within a year or two. Within a year, they know. They're like, oh, no. And most of them knew before the wedding yeah <laughs> but they still go through with it well she says that she she spent 10 million dollars on the wedding she got she did all this extra stuff and she was just like i can't imagine like canceling it she's like i'm gonna be labeled the runaway bride <laughs> and i i don't want to do that <laughs> well she was still like the 90 day bride yeah because then he's turned around and sued her for fraud he did yeah because he tried to get an annulment and the only way he could do that is if she he claimed that it was fraud fraudulent that the marriage was fraudulent so he sued her for fraud he didn't win though right no okay yeah because the marriage was not fraudulent yeah (laughs) um but she's like if i had been more mature at the time i would have given him the annulment but at the time i just was she's like i handled it all wrong i broke up with him all wrong she's like that's probably like one of my biggest regrets wow okay kim with the reflection right i just think it's crazy that like we think of them as hollywood royalty now but they're just regular regular people right. making regular regular mistakes yeah i mean that's why people love them and watched the show yeah when i think back on it like when they first started they really were just like a normal they were they were a normal family mm-hmm. i feel like the the watching the reunion i was like this is our thanksgiving dinner like right we sit down and like <laughs> talk about the things that we all do and and stuff the way that they talked about the show yeah and their lives like on the show i was just like interesting yeah i just don't know if there's like <laughs> They were just like, there's not a lot of families that are as close and as like involved. And I was like, <laughs> we're like Our that. family, we're like that. We're all in each other's business. <laughs> yeah, I. but it's true. Like a lot of families are not as close. Mm-hmm, definitely. I feel like most people's families are not close. I don't know someone who has a family relationship as close as ours. It's so funny. Uh, the other day, I was talking about 365 DNI at work, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I watched it with my family," and everyone was like, "What?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I guess that's not normal. It's a little weird." <laughs> yeah, but it was like a thing. It was a thing. <laughs> it was a moment, and mommy wanted to partake. <laughs> like that i mean i feel like that's well maybe that is a movie you would watch alone but why that seems like more i don't know more nasty yeah in a (laughs) sense (laughs) because you're watching it to get off you're not watching it to make fun of it which is kind of what we were doing Mm. i mean i don't know no comment but yeah so that's our show guys <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the tv and podcast go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you are listening 
wherever you are listening, please give us a five-star review. Leave us something nice. Tell us something nice. Mm -hmm. And if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to subscribe and to give this video a thumbs up. And we will be back next Friday with another episode to serve up the tea on the latest TV and pop culture news. And I meant Saturday because we are now a Saturday show. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs)